0: Welcome to No Rain Date, a community podcast about local news and people. No Rain Date is a production of Salk & Source LLC. For more local news and information, please visit salkandsource.com. Hello No Rain Date listeners and welcome to another episode of your favorite Podcast For local news and interviews, I'm Josh Popachak, the host of No Rain Date and the publisher of Sock & Source, here with the headlines for episode 46 and the week ending March 20th, 2021. This week we celebrated St. Patrick's Day, about a year after coronavirus locked us down right around that holiday and changed our lives forever. So it was a different St. Patrick's Day celebration, certainly, than we had two years ago, and probably different from the kind we will ever have again. But I think everybody was excited to be out and just doing something. Thinking back to a year ago and the fear and anxiety that gripped many people just as Cases began to soar, and we basically saw life come to a complete halt. And we have a reflection back on that that I'm going to talk about in a little bit. But before that, I wanted to highlight the great happenings socially that were in Hellertown this week. We had our photographer, Chris Christian, out on St. Paddy's Day at two fine establishments that I'm a big fan of, Braveheart Highland Pub. And the beam yard at steel club and both were festively decorated and welcoming to guests who were in the spirit of saint patrick's day braveheart had a tent set up in their parking lot they had of course their traditional irish breakfast buffet which is wonderful i've enjoyed that a number of times and the guinness was flowing i'm sure they Went through uh, quite a few kegs of it on Wednesday, the 17th. And Steel Club, not to be outdone, had Irish step dancers that performed for guests there. Of course, they had their own food specials. Even a a leprechaun uh, was in attendance. And like I said, we have photos of everybody having fun and doing it in a responsible way. Social distancing is still being practiced. Masks are still being worn. We're not out of the woods, obviously, with COVID-19, although progress is being made and restrictions On bars and restaurants, many restrictions will be lifted April 4th, which is Easter Sunday. So that's a big change that I think people are looking forward to. And of course, restaurant owners are excited about that. They are once again going to be able to seat people at bars without plexiglass dividers in between customers. I I don't think too many bars implemented those, uh, not from what I've seen, not around here. So that's going to be huge as far as getting things back to normal within that industry and certainly as far as socializing with others. If you haven't gotten the vaccine yet, though, you might want to postpone the socializing until you've you know, gotten your doses or whatever you feel comfortable with. But I know many people are still on the waiting list. We are still in the first phase of the vaccination effort in Pennsylvania. Although it's been expanded a couple times, we still have the majority of people to be vaccinated. So I know the uh, president, uh, Joe Biden, has set a goal of May 1st for that. That's certainly an ambitious goal for having the vaccine available to anyone in the country who wants it. We'll see if we get there. I think it's great to have such an ambitious goal. But who knows? I mean, we've, we've seen so many unknowns affect our lives in the past year that I would not want to call that outcome one way or the other. In other bar news, we are welcoming the newest establishment in Hellertown, which is also a beloved old establishment. Frontline at the Dewey is the name of the newly renovated bar at dewey fire company in hellertown which is hosting a soft opening with a saint patrick's day theme on friday march 19th and it's a sold out event they're going to have a live band and of course drink specials food specials by our favorite chef one of our favorite chefs joe stout i was Fortunate to be able to take a tour of the renovated bar and banquet hall on Friday. I was with fire company president, Gail Knopf, who has devoted hundreds of hours, probably thousands of hours, to helping oversee the renovations and just getting a lot of things back on track at the fire company over the past year. And as she said, she stressed this multiple times, this was a team effort, it was a community effort. There was a renovations committee that worked many, many hours on the various projects that needed to happen. And I applaud them. The finished product is amazing. Just about everything has been upgraded from flooring to lighting, plumbing, electrical. There's totally new color scheme on the walls which is like a modern kind of gray paint scheme, looks great. And they have new audio visual system. They have flat screen TVs all throughout the bar area. And of course a point of sale system to make transactions easier for staff and the customer. There's a patio area that will be fantastic come the warmer weather. It does, it's not set up for customers just yet, but, Gail said that they will have, of course, table seating outside with umbrellas, and they have patio heaters already that can be used when the temperature dips down a bit. It's all very exciting, and I have an article with many photos in it on Sock & Source. I would encourage you to check that out. Of course, it is a, a club, so unless you're a guest, you need to purchase a membership. However... They are discounting memberships for 2021 to just $5, and that's in the spirit of community and to encourage more people to join, of course, which I'm looking forward to doing. I want to support the fire company uh, because they support us, and, uh, and you'll be doing that when you join and frequent Frontline at the Dewey. All of the proceeds from the bar and the banquet hall will directly benefit fire and EMS services that are provided by the company to not only the residents of Hellertown, but surrounding areas because of mutual aid agreements. Dewey's work doesn't end at the borders of Hellertown. They are often on the scene of fires, accidents, and other Situations outside of the borough. So I, I think it's it's a great thing. They're not trying to compete with other establishments either, as Gail stressed. She also singled out Spurk Brothers Incorporated, a local commercial construction company owned by our friend Mr. David Spurk, who also owns Steel Club. Spurk Brothers has the craftsmen on staff to do just about any project and do it well. And they donated a significant amount of labor and expertise to the project at Dewey. You'll see some of their fine work on display there, along with incredible memorabilia from the fire company's long and storied history. Dewey was founded in 1898, so there's almost 125 years of history, and they have an incredible museum inside the fire company. They will be showcasing some of those pieces of memorabilia on a display case, on the walls. They will have historic photographs displayed. That is still being finished up. The work isn't 100% done, but they're at a point now where they really want to open those doors and start welcoming guests in, and of course start seeing revenue from, from this long project, which has lasted over a year. COVID-19 certainly didn't help get it completed any faster, but in a way, it may have benefited the fire company and everyone in the long run because I think it bought them some time and encouraged the company to take their time with the renovations and put a lot of thought into them rather than maybe just, oh, we have to open this place as soon as possible, you know, get people in the seats again. That wasn't what happened, and and the end result is remarkable. I think you'll really enjoy it. Check out our photos and of course follow Dewey on Facebook, Instagram. There are separate pages for the banquet hall and the fire company, so I would recommend following both and also Chef Meals, which is Chef Joe Stout. He's also on Facebook and Instagram and his food is fantastic. The full bar menu is yet to be unveiled, but I can guarantee it's going to have a lot of Great items on it, sandwiches, fries, of course, and other surprises. Check that out. In local traffic news, we reported on Friday about a road closure that may impact your daily commute or your trips to the store. This is going to be in Upper Saucon Township beginning April 5th. Flint Hill Road will be closed between Passer Road and New Street for road widening work being performed by a local utility at Passer Road and Flint Hill Road. I'm not sure if this is related to the work on the other side of 309 on Passer Road which was done last year. That was done in combination with the Wawa project going on at 309 and Passer. So this is happening pretty close to there. It will be closed through April 30th and there will be a detour utilizing Passer Road and Souter Road. Not a super long detour, but certainly I wanted to make residents of the area aware of that. I frequently drive that way if I'm going back and forth between Coopersburg and Hellertown. So be on the lookout for that. I'm sure signs will be posted by PennDOT alerting motorists to the upcoming closure if they're not already posted. In terms of the Wawa, I checked on friday to see if there's any information about that store posted on the wawa website where they have a coming soon section they have store openings listed through the summer of 2021 but the center valley store is not among them one of the next stores to open is actually going to be on south cedar crest boulevard in Mayus, that's coming up uh, I believe in April sometime so that's going to happen soon of course that doesn't really help Center Valley and Coopersburg area residents who are I'm sure many of them are eager to see the new Wawa gas station and convenience store open that's a very busy intersection and that was formerly where the peppercorn pub stood if you recall that but as soon as we have more information about progress and the timeline for that Wawa's opening, we will definitely share that. Speaking of openings, it was also reported by the morning call this week that the Starbucks that will be located in the former Bank of America building in Hellertown is expected to open in September. So still still a little ways off if you're looking forward to that Starbucks opening, it will have a drive-through it is not going to impact the Starbucks that's located inside the Giant, just down the road. The difference between the stores is that the Starbucks at Polk Valley Road and Main Street in the former bank building is a company-owned location. The kiosk in Giant is a authorized retailer of Starbucks, so it's kind of like the difference between a Verizon company store and a Verizon kiosk in the mall. They could be located in close proximity to each other because they're not exactly the same type of business model, although they sell the same products. I know that's a little confusing for for many people, but for whatever reason, that's how these large corporations operate. I don't think they would want their stores to be hurting one another or cannibalizing each other's business. So so you don't have to worry about the giant Starbucks closing when the Starbucks in the bank building opens is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) But we will of course continue to follow that and let you know if there are any updates on the opening timeline. I'm not sure if COVID-19 slowed down the progress on these commercial projects, it's certainly possible. Uh, Both of them were announced uh, before the pandemic So we've sort of seen stopping and starting at both locations too. Uh, I know in particular, the Wawa seems to be like that. So I can't really explain why, you know, they'll work for a few weeks and then maybe a month or two goes by with seemingly nothing happening there. It may have to do with the engineering process, permitting for these sites. It's certainly a complicated process to build a mega convenience store and gas station. So I'm sure there, there are bumps in the road that the developers hit and, and that could cause a temporary work stoppage. But I would imagine that once they get closer to opening, they will go full steam ahead. I mentioned earlier that we were thinking back to the beginning of COVID-19 and how we all felt where we were a year ago and I wanted to draw your attention to a great column that our friend Eric Bartos wrote this week called The Day That Changed Everything. This was his personal reflection on the beginning of COVID, and he was in New York at the time where he works in Manhattan, and he shared a photo of 42nd Street looking like a ghost town, and it's, it's a very evocative image of that time period. I know I've talked previously about my recollections of that period and being in the grocery store and seeing panic buying going on all around me and, and realizing, wow, I've never seen anything like this before. This is big and we don't know where it's gonna go and, and where, where it's gonna take us. And we're certainly in a, in a more secure place a year later. We know more about the virus. So the fear factor isn't what it was but we still don't know a lot of things about it. And if we think we do, it seems like it has a mind of its own and and it is quick to educate us. And COVID-19 is not the only virus out there either. Mutations happen all the time. We could have another pandemic. I've read articles that sort of indicate that maybe this was a dress rehearsal, which is terrifying because if you think about the amount of disruption it's caused, the lives that it has taken, of course, more than 535,000 Americans, last time I checked, had succumbed to this disease. And the numbers have gone down quite a bit, but they're still heartbreaking if you look at the daily death toll and the numbers of new cases. So public health authorities stress continued vigilance among Everybody, but in particular among those who have not been vaccinated. Of course, vaccinations continue. Supply of the vaccine remains an issue. I know St. Luke's announced earlier this week that they intended to vaccinate something like 13,000 people. That's including first and second doses. I believe 9,000 people were going to get their first dose and 4,000 were getting a booster shot. That's only a fraction though of the number that they could be vaccinating if they had access to more supply of the vaccine. St. Luke said they could vaccinate 5,000 people a day, or I think it was more than that actually. Something like 60,000 a week could be vaccinated and they're actually vaccinating 13,000 a week. So that's a huge difference. Hopefully that will change, that will continue to evolve as more supply becomes available of Moderna, Pfizer, and Johnson & Johnson. Those are the three approved vaccines in the US. Another big story has been the stimulus. We did share a story this week with a link in it to the IRS's Where's My Stimulus tool. You can use that online to get information about your payment if you qualify for one. Obviously not everybody does, but about 80% of Americans will qualify. The tool isn't perfect. You may be missing your payment and it may just tell you that information is unavailable at this time about the status of that. So you may still have to talk to your accountant or somebody from the IRS, but the payments are still being processed and it is a process. They're going to be going out for some time. So we share that just to hopefully help people, some people, get more information. In police news, We shared an update from the Lower Saucon Township Police Department about drivers ignoring Pennsylvania school bus stopping law. That's obviously not a good thing. Police said they cited two different motorists this week for allegedly not stopping for a school bus that had its red flashing lights on and the stop arm extended. The penalties for failure to stop for a school bus if convicted, can be pretty severe. In addition to a $250 fine and five points on your license, you will have your license suspended for 60 days automatically. So of course, nobody wants that. Just be a defensive driver and uh, whatever you're rushing to is not that important if it's causing you to not stop for a school bus. So please, uh, Keep in mind that school is open and buses are on the roads for a few more months. Do your duty as a responsible driver to stop when you see them. Lastly, I wanted to touch on a story that we shared that was actually published by the, this was a Spotlight PA story, statewide distributors of news, and we are part of their networks. But this particular story is about partisan news websites that are masquerading as authentic, objective local news sites. And it drew my attention because some of the sites particularly target Lehigh Valley and Bucks County residents. For example, there's a site called the Lehigh Times. There are also sites called Lower Bucks Today, Central Bucks Today, and Upper Bucks Today. I thought it was interesting. There's a site called the Northampton News. I'm presuming this is targeted towards Northampton County, but Northampton is actually misspelled. It has two H's. So hopefully that will be a red flag for uh, visitors to that site. I don't know how you could launch a local news site and misspell the name of the area that you're covering. In the masthead, I mean come on. Like, that's pretty sad. But these sites are all owned by a company called Metric Media. I had not heard of this company before, but uh, apparently their owner has ties to the hotel industry. And many of these sites published a series of stories about the impact of COVID-19 restrictions on the hotel industry. This was highlighted in the Spotlight PA article. So certainly we need to remain vigilant about the news sources that we're following, question the accuracy of the information. If something seems off, you know, I would encourage you to investigate it or uh, reach out to a local publisher you trust. Certainly I'm always available to answer questions about news and i You know been in this industry for 15 years i've worked in print and digital and i have a lot of contacts within the publishing industry particularly in pennsylvania so i'm always on the lookout for good quality news content of course but aware that there are people that more than ever right now would like to profit off conning readers into believing that their sites are legitimate when they're not so that is our news roundup for this week and as a final note i would like to send a birthday shout out to my grandfather dr howard cox who celebrated his 97th birthday on march 18th we were fortunate to be able to gather together as a family one year after his birthday his 96th birthday was canceled due to COVID 19 and we had a very special celebration so we love grandpa dad howard and uh, we appreciate him and we're so thankful that we were able to celebrate his birthday with him as i'm sure you are with your loved ones hopefully we'll continue to have more of those gatherings as covid19 begins to ease thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week Here at and Source, our mission is to provide information and make it as available as possible to the people in our community. A large part of that is a public service and we're grateful for the support we have from local advertisers because that revenue helps keep the information flowing to you, our readers and listeners. Local news production does cost money, and that's why we've also introduced a voluntary membership option on Source, and we'd like to tell you a little more about that. Essentially, the membership is a recurring monthly contribution that shows your support for the work that we're doing. It helps guarantee that the information will remain free and accessible to you as well as to others in our community. And it also helps fund our future growth. Sock & Source is growing and we're expanding our coverage area. The more support we receive from the community, the better coverage we can provide and the more useful the site will be to you. So that's why we would invite you to visit our membership page on the website website, sockandsource.com. You can do that by clicking on join under my sock and source, which you'll see on the right side of your screen if you're on a desktop or at the bottom of any article page. You'll see several membership options, including a monthly membership for $7, a four month membership for $25, or a yearly membership for $70. These are strictly voluntary contribution levels and they're not any part of a paywall. There's no requirement to contribute, but we are grateful for those who have already done so and we hope that you will consider purchasing a membership in the future. Doing so is quick and easy. You can do it securely online and you can cancel at any time. Thank you again to all our current members and thank you for considering becoming a future member. It's my pleasure this week on No Rain Date to welcome Hal Warner, who's the CEO of the Lehigh County Humane Society and an advocate for animals in our community. Thank you for joining us.
1: No, I'm glad to be here. I appreciate you having me.
0: Absolutely. I'm a Huge animal lover and supporter of, of what you do. And that's why I wanted our listeners to learn more about what the Lehigh County Humane Society does. You have a, a long history. I was reading a little bit about it on your website. You were actually founded in nineteen oh six, so that's a lot of years of helping animals. And I'm sure the society has has evolved and grown quite a bit over the years. Can you talk a little bit about the history and and how it's become the organization that it is today? So you're right.
1: I mean, we have evolved since 1906. You know, the the the, the world of animal welfare has changed a lot just in the last you know, 20 to 30 years. It's much more focused on the, the total health of animals now. The adoption processes, the, the sales and malls and things like that. So, you know, a, a lot of the, the thinking around animal welfare has changed you know, drastically within the last 20 years, and it's continuing to change. We'll be part of rolling out some new legislation on Friday with some state senators. We'll be holding a press conference on Friday to announce some of those changes. But yeah, it's continuing to change. On May fifteenth, we'll break ground on our on our latest evolution. We'll be bringing to the Lehigh Valley one of the first community veterinary clinics operated by a humane society in the state of Pennsylvania. So we're really excited. We'll be renovating all 90 of our of our dog kennels. We'll be building and renovating new cat air- living areas and we'll be creating a state-of-the-art adoption center for people of the Lehigh Valley to come and experience you know a humane society like they, they won't be able to see really anywhere else.
0: That's super exciting to hear and I would definitely like to help cover that when you have the groundbreaking in May. So tell us a little bit more about the community vet clinic. I was reading about that on the site and it's Sort of So
1: one of the ways that we want to attack pet homelessness is to provide medical services for people to keep the animals in homes where they belong, Mm -hmm. where they want to be, and where families want want their pets. But we also know the challenge that families face with the high cost of medical care. You know, caring for an animal in the appropriate manner is very expensive nowadays. We're one of the only facilities in the state of Pennsylvania that provides financial assistance for medical veterinary care. So, you know, going above and beyond what our already, you know, really competitive prices are. Someone's in, you know, really dire straits and and has to make a, you know, a decision of whether to surrender their pet based on medical care expenses. And there's a lot of times that we can help them with those expenses and, and keep that animal in their home. So, you know, right now we currently run one surgery center, when we expand into the new community vet clinic, we'll have three wellness exam rooms, state-of-the-art digital X-ray. We'll be able to do lab work for people. Uh, so really, we're going to be able to provide the whole, you know, gamut of services for, for for animal care for pet owners in the Lehigh Valley. So it's a really exciting time for us. You know, we know that there's so much need out there for for people to get medical services for their for their animals at affordable prices, and we're doing that. So. It's a, it's a great feeling sometimes when we help, you know, someone who thinks that they're going to have to surrender their animal or euthanize their animal, you know, rather than pay for medical care, when we can help them, you know, get that animal healthy and get them back into the home where they belong.
0: Yeah, I was not i was not even aware that, that a program like that existed, so I, I applaud you for, for having that and would love to help spread the word about it because I'm sure there are many people Probably even more than a year ago, that are facing financial challenges, maybe due to unemployment, and you know, want to want to provide the best care they can for their pets. So, I'm sure um, there are many people in our community that, that might need to take advantage of that at some point. At least it would be good for them to know know about it.
1: You know, a lot of people a lot of people turn to us as a as a vet clinic of last resort in in, t- in times of you know a complicated spay surgery or. A simple noodle or a simple spay a lumpectomy you know but we provide you know, some of the same high quality medical services that you know many of the, the veterinary hospitals in the lehigh valley offer you know and there are times when we can literally save people thousands of dollars on a, on a, on a procedure like a pyometra surgery so hmm. you know just recently we had a, a family come in with a 12 year old pup, and you know they thought that they were going to have to euthanize the dog because you know it needed a very complicated spay surgery It was having some health issues we were able to 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 bring the dog in perform the surgery you know and and get that dog back into their home and 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 it was less than seven hundred dollars for that family you know when initially they were looking at you know three to five thousand dollars
0: wow yeah i mean the the expenses can really add up quickly just like they can for people and um yeah, I was just actually at a salon and I was overhearing a conversation about somebody's cat and the lengths that they were going to, to, to help this cat deal with some medical issues where I actually thought they were talking about a person at first because the cat was like in the hospital in Philly and, and all kinds of things. So I think that's definitely more of a recent trend, would you say? Because years ago, I, it seems like people would just sort of put the animal to sleep and, and now, pets are, are more part of the family, and I guess more people are reluctant to do that. Absolutely,
1: you, you know that's why we raise money. We raise, we, we raise money from you know our public, you know campaigns to, to help people offset those medical expenses. So we fundraise all year long to help you know keep our humane society open and keep our vet clinic going, and because you know the medical services, the, what we charge. It just barely covers the cost of what we're doing for the community. Right. That's why we're out raising money all the time.
0: (laughs) What are some of the ways that that you do that? I mean, I know in a traditional year, you would probably have lots of events. And over the past year, that hasn't been possible. But you do have events on the calendar for 2021, I saw. And you want to tell us a little bit? We have uh,
1: May 15th, we have our garden party, which is going to be held at Belgate Farm. It's going to be an afternoon social with an auction of you know, garden variety type items like trees and shrubs and you know, things like that since it's spring and it's an opportunity for people to be outside and you know, social distance and, you know, and have a good time still. We also you know, have our golf tournament in the fall over at Old Homestead you know, Golf Course, which is a, a neutral poly. Mm-hmm. We actually had it this year, so it's, uh, you
0: know, oh. you get
1: slowed down. You know, COVID didn't slow <laughs> the humane society and we Good. I can see that. You know, we stayed open. You know, we were adopting out hundreds of animals every month. You know, our vet clinic stayed open. We continued to provide neuter and spay services and vaccinations to the community. So, you know, we were actually a lot busier than we normally would have been throughout the COVID process. So, it was a strange year for us.
0: <laughs> well, did, did you see the rate of adoptions increase because of the pandemic? Because more people were home or wanted companionship during the isolation of COVID because I know that was reported yeah, as a um, I think
1: we saw a steady increase of adoptions, but you know, that didn't it didn't mean we stopped vetting the applications appropriately. So we stayed, you know, pretty consistent with making sure the animals were going to the right homes so that we didn't have animals coming back. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that the pandemic's gonna end we wanted to make sure those animals were going to stay in the homes and they were going to the right people. So I think we did a pretty good job of that. So i was proud of our adoption team.
0: Describe the process a little bit as far as adoption and and what kinds of things so you look for.
1: online now. so you can you can fill out the application online. We'll we'll vet it, mm-hmm. we'll research it within seven days, and we'll get back to the potential adopter whether the application has been approved or not. You know, so all of that is done online, and then you can start looking at the animals online, and and then you can schedule your meet and greet online too. So. You know, you know, we've transitioned everything that we do to the internet so that it makes it easier for people to fill out the application, the meet and greet forms, not to say that we don't, you know, thoroughly investigate the application and vet them. It just makes it simpler for the adopter and it makes the process more streamlined for us. So, you know, it's getting in tune with the way things are done in the world and so that we can you know, find these animals' homes. I'll also add, you know, that we're, we're, we're the only open admission shelter in the Lehigh Valley. So we, that means that we don't turn away any dog based on their breed. So we, we welcome the pits, we welcome the mastiffs, we welcome the Rottweilers. We bring them all in and we're we're the only shelter that does that. You know, there's a lot of shelters out there that turn away those types of, those types of breeds. But we don't. We have a certified dog trainer on staff who who manages his own dog team that works with animals that have socialization issues. give them the tools and the resources that they need to, you know, to find, a, find a way out there in life. And you know, we, we do all of that and we've maintained a 100% save rate in hmm. the last four straight months.
0: So That's we've gone from so. being a
1: uh, three years ago, being a really high kill shelter where our save rate was probably around 67%, but because we're, we're, we are so focused on saving the lives of these animals, we've, we've run four straight months now with a 100% save rate you know, without turning animals away.
0: Wow, that's fantastic, and, and yeah, I mean, that's a lot of work, for sure, to pull that off. Do you take in strays, like, from communities, like police departments, or, like, how does...
1: So we do, we, we work with Bethlehem, we work with Allentown, we work with several of the smaller municipalities, like Whitehall, and Upper Saucon, and uh, mm-hmm. Upper Milford, Emmaus. We provide animal control services for those, those townships as well. It's a good partnership that we have with these municipalities that provide services to the people in the community that, you know, provides a safe haven for these dogs that end up being strays or sometimes abandoned or, you know, just get loose and get lost.
0: Yeah. That continues to be a, a problem. And I mean, that dumping but, of, Yeah. You know, the of other
1: dogs. benefit of, of, of us partnering with these municipalities is that we have a, a vet And a medical team on staff. You know, they're full time. They work for us. When there's an animal that comes in that's a stray that has some issues, like a like this dog Mulan that we just got. That came in was probably a stray for months and months, probably surviving on wood, just really emaciated. Mm -hmm. You know, Mulan came to us, and you know, she went through medical intake. She was evaluated by our our veterinarian and, and his medical team. You know, she's on a special diet now. She's getting walked three, five times a day by our volunteers and our staff. And, you know, we, she's only been here for a, a week now. We're already seeing some great results from her. So, you know, that's one of the benefits of partnering with the Lehigh County Humane Society is that we have that, that vet clinic mm-hmm. on site you know, that can help these animals as they come in.
0: Right. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say that it just seems like, I know it's an issue, it's an ongoing issue in many places, but, like, I often, like, have reports of dogs, and it's usually pit bulls being dropped off or abandoned in lower socken or vicinity. You'd think after all these years, like, there would be less of that, but it doesn't seem like a problem that ever goes away. And I'm just wondering, like, you know, what your thoughts are about that. Is Does there need to be more education uh, or... Awareness of you know animal cruelty. Well, I, think, I think
1: there's a lot of ways that you could you can attack that kind of an issue, and you know I think we are you know we're you know we're attacking it with mandatory spay and neuters on all of our adoptions. Mm-hmm. Um, we're attacking it by making sure that the animals that we adopt out are going to the appropriate types of people, the appropriate homes. We're attacking it by providing you know reduced you know expenses on, on medical fees. You know so there's there's a lot of ways that that, that, that that abandonment issues can be attacked, and I think that, you know we're working on a lot of those those issues. So I, I think you know over the next few years we'll start to see the results of some of the hard work that we're putting in now in terms of the number of strays in Wayne County.
0: Does it help when there's a situation like a couple of years ago there was this, an animal hoarding situation that became known as Beagle Mania, where about sixty-five beagles were rescued by. Lehigh County Humane Society from a home, and then it sort of blew up and became this national news story. And there were songs on the radio about it, and <laughs> and, and
1: I don't I don't know how much it helps. I mean, I think that that's a that's a pretty unique situation, and you know, it it, it brought a lot of attention to the to the issue. But I think you know that there are still going to be bad pet owners out out in the world.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: we can continue to. Fight that on the, on the front by employing a humane police officer, which we do. We have the only humane police officer employed by us in the county of Lehigh. So she covers the entire county, provides humane police officer services to, to all of the municipalities, even the ones that we don't have you know financial partnerships with.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about, about her and and how that works. So like if you if somebody reports suspected animal cruelty to, say, the Allentown Police Department, will they refer that to her then, or...?
1: Yes. Yes, it gets referred directly to her, and then she investigates the matter, and she probably goes out on about 20 calls a week.
0: Hmm. Wow. Some of them
1: are as simple as an educational process. Officer Morgan does a great job of, of, of working with the pet owners that want, to, that want to be educated, and she also does a great job of bringing to justice those who don't. So. I think I think she's she's a perfect fit for the role that she's in, and she's very dedicated to providing you know animal welfare services out there in
0: the county. Yeah, certainly an important job, and grateful to have somebody like that in that position. What are some of the funding challenges for you, like currently? And you know, you, I know you've had a capital campaign, and and that's going to help you know with the new. So that's our current
1: challenge right now is that we're that we're getting ready to break ground on the 3.9 million dollar expansion. We still have about 300 thousand dollars left to raise for it. I mean, we're still going to break ground on May 15th, and we're going to continue to raise money to pay off the project during its construction. But you know, that that last 300 thousand is always the hardest 300 thousand. So we're still hitting the hitting the pavement every day. We're still hitting the phones every day, and we're still you know you know, soliciting contributions, you know, through the direct mail programs that we have and through, you know, our social media campaigns. And I don't have any doubt that we'll get that $3.9 million mark. We were fortunate enough to qualify for a a state grant through the RACP program. Thanks to Representative Pete Schweyer, Mike Schlossberg, Senator Brown for for helping us through that process in the city of Allentown. We received a, a one million dollar matching grant from the, the state of Pennsylvania to help this project to see its end.
0: Hmm, that's fantastic.
1: Well, who doesn't like animals? You know, <laughs> it, I think it'd be hard hard for anybody to say you know that the, a the, the project that's going to help thousands of animals every year, thousands of people every year, is it, not a worthy project. I think it, I think it's a very worthy project.
0: That's very true. Yeah, it's it, it'd be. Not exactly a uh, great campaign move, probably, to come down on the, the side of not helping the animals. <laughs> That's sort of a bipartisan <laughs> issue. Animal welfare. So the bulk of your fundraising, though, tends to be from private contributions, or do you consistently get help like from grants or government funding?
1: So we work through. Uh, we work. We we have a grant writer on staff she does a really good job a lot of our funding comes through grants a lot of our funding comes through private contributions from individuals who believe in the mission of what we're trying to do of making pet ownership available to, to everyone that can provide a loving home Who believe in our mission of providing low-cost medical services to the community you know so you know i've always believed you know and i've been in nonprofits a long time but i've always believed that if you have a good mission and you're serving your mission the people and donations will follow so I think the first the first part is the hardest part. The first part is you know defining what your mission is and then living it and I think we're doing that
0: I wanted to touch too on on cats specifically. I know many communities struggle with like feral cat populations do you assist communities like that with, like, say, trap and neuter release programs? or We
1: work with some of the most reputable trappers in, in the county. We work with FER, we work with Let's Trap Around the Lehigh Valley, and we provide TNR services for, for so many different municipalities now. Four years ago, Lehigh County Humane Society was the place where feral cats went to die. I'll be honest with you. Hmm. It, was, it was not a good experience there. We turned that around 100%. And we're we're working with TNO any TNR organization that wants to work with us we're willing to to lend a hand to and to make sure that uh, those cats are getting a fair shot at life.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm a big believer in those programs, and and I've seen firsthand how they really do work. And and partly th- just through educating people in the community about you know not feeding strays and you know well meaning you know animal lovers in many cases so. I think that's fantastic that it that you're that you're partnering with them and that it's working out well. In terms of like people who won't maybe want to volunteer for the Humane Society, what do you do? You have volunteer openings and what we kinds do. of what kinds you of? You can go
1: just just like adoptions. You can go online on our website, and go on a volunteer application. We run orientations for our volunteers about every other Saturday. You can come in and you can learn how to. You know play with cats or walk dogs or one of the funny funny things about you know some of our new dog walkers is that it's hard work it's hard work walking the pit bull that's never been on a leash before <laughs> but that's you know that's where the, the volunteers are so critical is to help these dogs learn how to walk on a leash or how to how to behave around people and that's where our dog team comes in as well and, and working with our volunteers and working with the dogs that we have that haven't been socialized before you know we get we get a lot of dogs that have just never been on a leash before and, and, and that's hard for a dog to learn, you know, when they're four or five years old.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. Do you also have like foster homes for some of the dogs or we do. We work with we work with some fosters and we'll be working with some
1: more as we get into construction. So you know, we're working on expanding our foster network right now. Do... But our ultimate goal is, is to is to work with the doctors. So we, we, want, we want to find homes for the animals, more so than we want to find fosters. So we stay focused on that. We, we stay focused on that side.
0: Now that makes sense. In terms of donations, do you have like specific needs that you promote? Or is like just donating an amount of money generally well, the best thing Well, people want
1: to donate to do? items. But, you know, we take in cat food and dog food mostly red-free, red-dye-free dog food. Mm-hmm. Um, we also accept, you know, sheets and blankets for their kennels and um, toys for them as long as they're in good condition. You know, money's always a good donation. So we can go online and donate on our website, they can send a check in. Mm-hmm. Every dollar counts. Every dollar matters.
0: And I'm just going to mentioned that the website is lehighcountyhumanesociety.org and it's a great website very easy to navigate navigate you have tabs for like upcoming events and different services that you have available and you're also on social media people can follow you on facebook instagram which i would encourage them to do and certainly like we mentioned they can fill out the application to adopt a pet online and you also have a newsletter right that people can sign up for to keep in touch with or stay updated on on everything that's going on i'm going to sign up for that because i don't think i've done that and i want to keep up to date with all your your events and the exciting groundbreaking that's coming up yep
1: come on out may 15th, 2 (laughs)
0: o'clock i will definitely put that on the calendar Well, thank you so much for joining us, Hal, and for all the information.
1: Thanks for having me. It's my first podcast.
0: (laughs) Well, you did great, and thank you for everything you're doing for pets in need and in Lehigh County and beyond. We've been recording No Rain Date since late 2019, and we've produced a fair number of episodes at this point. We would love to to hear your feedback about what we're doing. What makes you tune in every week? What ideas do you have for interview guests? Is there something that you think the podcast is missing? Feel free to share your thoughts, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent with us. You can do that by emailing josh at josh at com. No Rain Date is a local news and information podcast, and we focus on the Saucon Valley. However, our guests are from the Lehigh Valley and beyond. So please try and keep that in the back of your mind when you're thinking about ideas for future episodes. Thank you. No Rain Date is an original production of Saucon Source, LLC. Our theme music is provided by This Way to the Egress. For more great music by them, be sure to follow This Way to the Egress on Spotify. Thank you for listening.